0: Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand. I'm your host, Meredith Feynman, here to talk to you about the secondhand, particularly fashion economy, and what that means for you. I'm joined by my bestie in the Westie and producer extraordinaire, Sarah Lane. Hi, Sarah. Hello,
1: Mayor. How's it going?
0: You know, what's shaking in the consignment universe for you? Anything new?
1: I haven't bought anything that is technically consignment, but. I have opened, well, you kind of opened, we both opened, a bit of a shopping Pandora's box that was inside of me for some time now that I just didn't realize. Uh, My newest purchase was some really cool Adidas sneakers that I bought without doing enough research. And if I had done my research, I would have known that they run super big. So my size six Adidas shoes are like clown shoes that don't fit me. So there's that. But anyway, they're cute. I'll figure something out.
0: You have the tiny feet. So yeah. So as we were talking about in uh, a previous episode about buying from celebrities, uh, I did another influencer slash celebrity, a personal celebrity, Brittany Furlan, who at one point was the number one Vine star. Uh, She's in a new Netflix documentary about sort of the price of fame and online fame, called The American Meme. And she just married Tommy Lee, launched a podcast herself, but. Has a Poshmark. And so I decided to buy a hair clip that says Boss in rhinestones from her her Poshmark, which was deeply exciting to me. I have to say, though, one thing that always interests me about, like, when I do buy from someone who's a known entity, I always look at the return address. And I want to say that it exposed her actual address. So I would I would button that up, Britt.
1: And, well, and what gave you that impression? Just because it wasn't a P.O. box? So I stalk her. Okay. I'm sorry, I don't stalk her. I have followed her. I followed her after Vine. She her, her life is interesting to you.
0: I just thought she was funny. I really like her and Tommy Lee together. Are we talking
1: Tommy Lee from Motley Crew? Uh huh. Okay. All right. Okay. Didn't didn't realize he was he was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They have a large age difference, but like it, it works. Still
1: kicking. Yeah. And
0: like I stand, and um, they're a really interesting mixture of like old fame and new fame. OK, um, because she is an Internet fame person and he is a 80s rock star note before the Internet, you know, Internet fame person. Anyway, the point is, is that's always very interesting to me. Like, who packs this stuff up? Are you doing it? Because she like, wrote me a note. I think it's from her. Uh, I-, I can't totally tell. So that was exciting. The hair clip is. It's fine. It rips my hair out, but it's kind of cute. Hey,
1: listen, a hair clip that says boss made of rhinestones. (laughs) It's hard not to like something like that. Although not everybody could wear it. I I could see that on the wrong head and be like, that's stupid. But I think, you know, if you've got the right outfit going on, then it's just the icing on the cake.
0: Yeah. And we talked about, uh, you know, should you ever buy secondhand wellness, beauty, skincare stuff? I did buy, I'm obsessed with Peter Thomas Roth. It's a longtime skincare guy who I think has had a resurgence in the, in the past couple years. It's a cucumber gel mask I'm very into. Hmm. Um, so you know, just pray for my face.
1: I will pray for your face. I uh, speaking of cosmetics, decided and really the consignment route is, is my other option here, but I decided that I needed to drastically reduce my makeup budget. So mm-hmm. I have been dabbling in new brands that I have merged at various drug stores over the years when I was busy buying my Chanel foundation. And there's mm-hmm. a, there's a company called number seven. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's something, yeah. you know, it's, it's between CoverGirl and Maybelline, you know, it's, 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 it's yeah. cheap, it's cheap makeup, but, and I, I, do a fair amount of stuff on camera, so I kind of like the heavier stuff for right. for various uh, work projects, and it's really nice. So if anyone is familiar with this brand, um, let me know where I've been all these years.
0: Yeah, I you know you know how I feel about makeup. I get very overwhelmed by it. Sephora makes me incredibly anxious. So I I definitely like weighed into, though I I do have to say, so one thing I actually bought IRL, not consignment, and then some, some Poshmark ones was Glossier, you know, Emily Weiss's millennial now named a unicorn skincare and makeup. I guess you could no longer call it a startup company. For my birthday, I had a dinner party and I was like, you know what? I'm going to walk into CVS. I don't ever buy makeup and like get me some wet and wild, like body glitter and put it on my face. Cause like, who doesn't remember (laughs) wet and wild body glitter? Like that stuff banged so hard, the like era of body glitter. And I walked in and it's all like contour sets. And I was like, oh my God, where have I been? And Glossier came out with, or, you know, Glossier Play or whatever their like new sub brand is came out with body glitter. So I was like, excellent timing. And then I bought like a three pack on Poshmark that someone was selling. So I like consistently wear no makeup, but just glitter on my face
1: hey uh uh, little glitter's never gonna hurt you it's funny that you mentioned oh wet and wild everybody knew body glitter and i'm like well i don't remember that but i do remember when wet and wild was like the crazy colors that the rest of the cosmetics companies weren't even touching like if you had a themed party you know and you needed something that was like super hot magenta it would always be wet and wild
0: oh yeah oh yeah we stand we stand wet and wild on this podcast Let's get into today's topic, which is about what resale, consignment, secondhand vintage, what does it mean for the planet? What does it mean for the environment? Uh, And it's actually incredibly eco friendly. It's recycling. Up until now, it was never considered for that particular positive characteristic. I mean, some people did, who were very conscious of their carbon footprint, water usage. And now, the sustainability piece of buying secondhand is a huge marketing tool and something that's very appealing to consumers more than ever before. What I mean is, you know, I actually was looking at my real, real selling account the other day, and for the first time, it was listing all my sales, my commission, but it was also listing my environmental savings. So I'm looking at it now, I've saved 386 driving miles, I've saved 1600 liters of water. These sites have really caught on to the fact that Gen Z and millennials in particular have a deep commitment to the environment, and that is a huge driver of what they buy.
1: And to be honest, any company that can sort of guilt someone into doing this more and more often, which is what the tactic is here, even if it's true.
0: Yeah. And I think it's something that just wasn't wasn't really a consideration. Uh, Up, which is uh, a secondhand site where you send in your clothing, they give you these big bags and you don't make much money, but they have basically a huge thrift store online, puts out a study every year that I want to read some statistics from about sort of the rise of the conscious consumer. Now, disclosure. This is from ThreadUp. Uh, so this is the company's research. However, let's let's talk a little bit about what they've seen. Sustainability moved from perk to priority in 2013. Only 57% of consumers uh, preferred to buy from environmentally friendly brands, aka ones that consider how much water you're using, um, power electricity, gas, fuel, waste. We'll talk about waste in a second. Now that's up to 72% in in 2018. Uh, and so there's also a statistic they have here that 74% of 80, 18 to 29-year-olds prefer to buy from sustainably conscious brands. It's just moving to the forefront of everyone's shopping habits more than ever before.
1: Yeah, I think, I think most folks, sure, there's going to be some folks who say, I don't care, but most folks... As long as they're informed, oh, company A does it this way, but company B does it a better way, and for the most part, the the the, the items are of similar value and and made the same way. Then, of course, you're going to go with B because you want to be yeah, a big person. Yeah, and I think person. that you
0: know, for me personally, for a long time, consignment and and buying second hand was about being able to wear designer clothing for less money. And I, it's only until the past couple of years where I realized you know, how good it was for the environment. I mean, it is the most sustainable way to shop. And we talk a lot about, you know, reducing plastic, which is incredibly important. You know, we have a whole straw debate going on, water usage, you know, cars and their emissions, but also understanding that you have a chance to really make a sustainable difference by by shopping resale is something that somehow we don't talk about as much.
1: You know, it's interesting that this whole ecosystem that you're explaining still does depend on those people who buy things new for top dollar, right? So that they get into the mix. So if you and I never bought anything new for the rest of our lives, then you know, we could say, Well, oh, you know, we're we're we we've we've definitely helped the environment, but somebody's gotta keep giving us the pool of the cool right. stuff that we want right. at a discount. Yeah, price. I
0: mean this ThreadUp study talks a lot about how you know, other factors like Marie Kondo and owning less, but also just even more about the explosion of this overall secondhand marketplace and economy, which is one reason why it never gets old exists. And ThreadUp talks about sort of by 2028, they estimate that secondhand is expected to grow more than two times 200% Two hundred percent in the next ten years, and is on track to make up one third of closets by twenty thirty three. So, so what we're presenting also is: so we have fast fashion. Fast fashion is trendy, quick stuff with a quick turnaround. H and M, Forever Twenty One, Zara, uh, and we all we all shop it. But it, it is very very bad for the environment. We have made too much stuff. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I when I hear fast fashion, yeah, I think. Well, I think fast food, which is not a terrible comparison to make, right? No. It's, it's cheap, it's easy, but it's kind of shitty, and you know it, but there are there are reasons that I'm in forever twenty one every so often for sure, and I walk out you know with three items that I've spent eleven dollars on, and I feel great
0: well, you know, I'm not a perfect consumer either. All of my socks are from forever twenty one I happen to think they have fantastic socks, and they're a dollar ninety. So like, I'm not sure how to necessarily beat that. And also I want to wear socks with unicorns on them. Um, <laughs> and I have, a, yeah, I have a, you know, I'm not a perfect consumer and it's, it's hard because it's like how much of this is on the consumer and how much of it is on the companies and what they're giving to us and what they're marketing. I will say, you know, now we have the slow fashion movement, but that's something that's really hard to consider for a couple of reasons. One, if you care about trends and you're not going to walk into a luxury store and buy something new. Then Forever 21 and Zara and H&M, those are options that have sometimes great pieces that make you look on trend. So it's like it's like who it's it's a lot of chicken and egg. I mean, people are becoming more conscious, but at the same time if Zara, which is, you know, well known for really pumping out a lot of very high-end looking, you know, almost copycat pieces. Like, what are you going to choose?
1: Right, right. Yeah, it, it it definitely takes somebody who's somewhat informed and, and, and does want to make a difference by either choosing from that Zara t-shirt that's super trendy, whatever it might be, or the much more expensive Louis Vuitton version of that t-shirt that's just been recycled a couple of times.
0: Yeah. Or, you know, it's – listen, it's hard, like people want to look on trend. They want to feel like they're part of things that are going on. So, you know, I think too, particularly at a price point, these stores help a lot of people feel good. So I think that, again, it's like this fast food idea that you want to look on trend, especially like – let's talk about even faster fashion, like high-speed fashion, like a Fashion Nova If you're on Instagram, you've probably seen a lot of sort of Instagram models and influencers peddling fashion nova, which basically can turn things out in like two days that look like something a celebrity wore 72 hours prior.
1: I'm sort of embarrassed to admit this, but I do see Kim Kardashian complaining about this all the time. You know, she'll be like she'll be wearing a dress and be like, give me a night to wear this dress before you knock it off. Well, meaning, meaning create yeah. some sort of a, you know, who, she, who she's talking to specifically, I don't know, but I understand the concept.
0: Well, so a podcast I love and listen to called Eating for Free, shout out Eating for Free, you know, they've delved a little bit into this. And so while Kim Kardashian might be complaining, the Kardashians work with Fashion Nova. And so there is a little bit of a tussle between how much she's saying that so she can continue to wear like, an insane you know 80s Balmain dress that is on loan to her uh but they have there, there are some there are some shady things going on too in terms of them uh working with and profiting from Fashion Nova and other of these like extremely fast fashion sites so I think that that's like something we all we all have to contend with and we want to look like famous people we want to look like we are, you know, on trend and so it's really hard to like break up with a lot of these stores. I love I will always walk into Forever 21 and and buy my socks and like I buy some homeware from H&M. They have like very inexpensive like cute like pillows and accent pieces and you know there's stuff that's very expensive for your home and then I, you look at stuff like that and I'm like, well, you know, how am I supposed to be how am I supposed to balance being a conscious consumer while also Getting getting what I want, I think that these fast fashion places make it very very difficult for you to do that.
1: Yeah, I I remember the first time I walked past a Burlington coat factory, which I, I'm not super familiar with the store, but it's been around my whole life, and I assumed that that's just where you go to get a big old coat. And living in California, not really buying coats all that often. It's not my number one purchase. And it has like dinnerware now and food and things where I was like, the store is called the Coat Factory. And there's so much more. But you could say that about a Ross or a TJ Maxx. There's, there's there's lots of places to get cool discount stuff that no one will ever look at and say, oh, these plates seem like they were clearance.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like these fast fashion stores are polluting horribly, uh, whether it's water or waste. I mean, i I will talk about that in a second, but the, the sheer the, the amount, like if you go into a forever 21 and look at the sales section, it's just piles and piles and piles of stuff. We have too much stuff. The future of fashion is nothing new, but again, if you want something hyper trendy, like it's right there for you. I, I was lo- reading something in the business of fashion that came out a couple days ago, which I think is very interesting. So H and M is fast fashion Uh, It's a low price point. It is easy access. um, But they're trying to get out in front of some of the criticism about fast fashion, uh, so much so that for many years they've had um, H&M conscious collections, which are more eco-friendly options. And then it's sort of like, uh, you know, I don't know if they're putting a Band-Aid on a gushing wound here or at least want to at least seem like they are committed to you know having a more sustainable future but the business of fashion wrote that h&m is going to trial vintage clothing sales uh i have no idea how that's going to go down i remember urban outfitters one of the very first urban outfitters Uh, Was in Georgetown, Washington, D.C. And my dad took me when I was an adolescent and they had vintage clothing to start with. And, you know, it looks like a lot of these stores are going to come back to that because people care.
1: Going back to the H&M example and how they are branching out. I think of food again. It's like if a brand is churning out a bunch of milk, but I'm the kind of person who's only going to drink organic milk that company might as well get me into the mix because all the other people are still buying the regular milk. So, if H&M is like, "Okay, we seem to have reached some sort of a plateau of who's going to shop here and there's certain people who are going to turn up their noses at kind of fast fashion in general and kind of cheap shit or say on the inside we don't agree with the policies of of how all the stuff gets into these stores, branching out it might be something that they abandoned down the road, but if they can get a bunch of new customers, then it's a win-win.
0: I mean, we have a real problem here, which is that we've made too much stuff. It's one of the reasons why this podcast exists. It's the reason why one of these you know, conversations exists. And fashion is an incredibly polluting industry, and it has to contend with itself. Uh, and it's going to only continue to contend with itself. You know, the fashion industry really is going to have to look at itself and how much water and how much waste it's creating you know you look at different data and it's anywhere between 5 to 15% of clothing that gets made gets recycled they end up in landfills they aren't going to people in need you know we just have this glut of stuff and it's it's polluting and very very much harming harming the planet and i think that it's going to be this push and pull between designers wanting to put out the latest designs but I I believe that since we have enough stuff, and I think brands are catching on to this, that some of them are going to, and already have, like Redone or Reformation, start to really uh, start to reuse materials.
1: So what would be your advice to... To to me, to to anybody who's listening to this saying, all right, well, we definitely have a problem. We've we've gone through some of what those issues are. What do we do? Do we never buy new stuff? Do we make sure that we are informed enough to buy fast fashion only from places that are trying to make a difference in what fast fashion means and what it means for the planet? Or or is that impossible?
0: None of us can be perfect consumers. Um, I think you do what you can. For some people, that means not using any single-use plastic. It means composting, recycling things in their homes, not using paper towel, uh, little th- you know, turning lights and off, and uh, you know, considering solar options and clean options. Uh, but when it comes to shopping, it's hard because these fast fashion brands make it really easy and shiny. And, you know, it's some delicious French fries uh, for for you to consume. So I think being a more informed consumer, which is only on the rise. I mean, that's one reason why we're talking about this on It Never Gets Old as well is that, you know, more than ever before, Gen Z, you know, millennials. And I believe, you know, for a long time, conscious eco consumers before that that are not in those age groups uh, are aware that they have a commitment to the planet. And I think that young people have a commitment to the planet more so than ever before, because we are in trouble.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I think we're that in trouble. I think that there's quite a bit of unraveling of more stuff is better. And I have fallen prey to that many times over the years. You know, it's like you want things, you know, you want that 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 burst of, uh, I don't know, uh, the, the the serotonin or dopamine, whichever one it is, you know, that where, where you get something new. And, and for a short time, you're like, ah, I feel good. You know, it, it feels good to kind of keep taking things in. And you mentioned Marie Kondo, great example of, you know, get rid of stuff, keep the things that are actually going to make you happy, which is a, it's a way of thinking that goes beyond just, Oh, I'm going to shop at this store rather than this store. It's a little bit more of putting more thought into what do you want? You know, what, what is your kind of fashion look? Even the articles I read that come across, you know, the the interwebs every once in a while, where someone's like, "I believe in the daily uniform, and it's made my life so much better, and I look good in this outfit, and so I have 14 of the same outfit, and that's just what I wear." Like, there is something to that. Uh, The simplification of it, I think, is 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 very attractive to me.
0: Yeah. And I think that we're in a time, particularly with the gig economy, particularly with renting things and like less ownership, millennials and others living in cities and smaller spaces. We don't have room for this sort of stuff. But also it's a totally new market, like for a company that's like, oh, fuck, you know, it's actually a tremendously appealing thing to consumers now, understanding that you have to market to them, not only that you can save money or, you know, have a great product, but also that it benefits uh, the world. And that is something that now being a more conscious consumer and being aware of what you consume and how you consume it. I mean, if you want fast fashion, it's lining the walls of many a Buffalo Exchange or a Crossroads or a Thred Up. Um, you can get this stuff secondhand and give it new life, give it another life. I also want to acknowledge how important it is you know, even if you're not selling the stuff to donate it, make sure you're donating it to some someone or somewhere where it's going to get used and not just get tossed. Um, and, th- and that's that's super super duper important for people that rely on on these places. I mean, we we talk about like being a more conscious consumer, but also sometimes that's more expensive. Like th- that's the thing too is like fast fashion is inexpensive, and for some people, like that is the most accessible way for them to dress in a way they want
1: well sure and if you're saving money and you like convenience it is it's difficult to ask somebody to say well hold on let me think about you know how how it's affecting the planet it's much easier to not think about things like that and and we all do that and we all struggle with it and some people put more effort into it than others but we are again it's it's We've sort of been trained to not care too much about that because it makes shopping harder and more problematic, but at the same time, we don't have much of a choice.
0: Totally. And it, listen, it's you know fashion has always been built at something that like feels good, feels a little bad, feels a little bit extravagant. So like how do we contend with certain feelings of guilt that, that come with that? And you know fashion has to really contend with itself too and designers, 'Cause the problem is fashion is basically based on new new ideas constantly, new collections constantly. You know, the industry is, I think, at a crossroads of figuring out they don't know how like if you are an executive at a luxury fashion brand, you know, you have to figure out how to now contend with the conscious consumer, but also how to push out things for people that are gonna spend top dollar and you want to continue to be you know, perceived as a, at the forefront of fashion. But the problem is the entire industry is incredibly polluting and doesn't know what to do about it. So, uh, you know, in terms of sort of carbon footprint of the fashion industry, it's higher than like aviation. And when we, we complain, you know, we think about that more than we think about these issues and there's sort of a PR crisis almost, that's going on for some of these for some of these luxury brands, in addition to the fast fashion brands. You know, one other thing we have to contend with, and that I want to talk about in a future episode as well, is that resale and consignment, particularly designer and designers in general, for a long time have excluded you know that people um, that you know plus size, uh, anything above. A size, you know, twelve to fourteen, and so that's another place that a place like Fashion Nova or fast fashion caters to. I mean, the plus size market. There's so much money to be made from dressing bodies that look like bodies. Everybody has a bikini body. It means you put a bikini on your body. Uh, and I think these I, these ideas of, you know, size and fashion and high fashion and high fashion meaning only waifs you know is is a real problem and that's something the industry has been contending with for a long time but if you want access to some of these designer things and you are uh outside of you know the quote-unquote bullshit normal range then it makes it difficult one of the one places you can go is some of these fast fashion fast fashion sites or stores that make you feel like you're included in a in something that is actually pretty exclusionary Well, we've presented a lot of different ideas here. A lot of them are complicated. A lot of them are pretty involved. We want to hear from you. I mean, It Never Gets Old is about the listeners. Uh, and we're going to continue to have these conversations, particularly about sustainability, particularly about, you know, size and varying forms of discrimination uh, and, and what that means. But, you know, I think that this idea of the conscious consumer, but also one who, you know, sustainability is now something that factors into people's purchases more than ever So it's also incredibly beneficial for companies. It's going to make you more money. We want to continue this conversation online, offline, with listeners. I want to know what you think about fast fashion versus slow fashion, price points, body image, you know, anything we've talked about, pollution, it's super important. And it's the top of all of our minds, It's the top of all of our wallets. It also means that there's a lot of money to be made from taking the planet seriously. You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you'll find links to our social media. We are at ingopodcast on Twitter and Instagram. There is contact information. Leave a comment. Leave a thought. Leave a question. We also have a call in line. uh, And we want to hear what you have to say about what you think about the future of fashion and the planet.